Vox Bus. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. episode of dealing with grudges mm-hmm we all got them I know some of us are holding them now or we've got people in our lives that are holding against us so we're gonna talk about it because it is not healthy for relationships but before I do and get on to this monologue yep it's just gonna be you and me today I just once again want to give a really warm shout out to my production team and really give them appreciations. I want to say hey to Dan from Oxbus, who started with me from day one and really got me going on this. And Kate and her team from Podcast Network Solutions, especially Iris. Iris is my sound editor. And I would say that Iris is kind of like my therapist because she knows all my secrets. Yeah, she does. She knows all the times that I mess up and fuck up and she really helps me out and she makes me sound real good. I mean, Iris helps Prepo put the white in Barry White. (laughs) I know, I know. I don't sound like Barry White. That's fine. But she helps me with that soothing voice and uh, so I can talk in the volume that I like to talk in kind of low and and soothing. So thanks, Iris, for for making me sound good. And also to Dawn, Dawn and her team that puts out the show notes. So anybody who hasn't checked out the show notes, it's a great way to know what's on the podcast episodes you just click on the details or the show notes and tells everything about the guests that I'm on and the subjects that we are talking about in bullet items and has all the hyperlinks to my web page and my Facebook group page and so forth so check out the show notes so thank you all so much for helping make this happen I really appreciate you Okay, and it just always feels good to to say some appreciations. It really feels good in my body, so I'm going to be continuing to do my practice. Well, holding grudges, boy, this is a this is a challenging one for me because uh, I work with it all the time in my practice. People are constantly holding grudges in their life, or have people that are holding against them. And, of course, it gets into resentment. So there's a little difference of the resentment is actually the feeling of the act of holding a grudge. And we all know how when there's deep-seated resentments, uh, 
how that deeply just disconnects people. Man, it's a good one to talk about because uh, I got to work on it constantly. I come from a, a family of grudge holders. Yeah, definitely. I'll tell a little bit about that. And also, hey, my wife says that my moon is in Scorpio. So when your moon's in Scorpio, you hold grudges. <laughs> so I've got to really consciously work at this subject. And I've come a long way. And I feel good about how I'm working on it. And because, like I said, you know, I grew up with it. And many of you may have grown up with it also. Boy, it stems back that I know with my grandparents and great-grandparents stories that I've heard of my grandfather holding a grudge because his brother didn't pay him back some money. And for years, we never saw Uncle Jackie because there was a grudge in the family. My grandmother hold grudges against my mom's parents for stuff that went on during their marriage, and she held grudges. My grandmother held grudges against me because I left when I was 28 years old. I left Detroit 30 years old. And um, she was really upset that I was leaving, even though she had family here. She had her daughter and grandchildren here. But her husband died and my father died and I guess she was really looking to me to support her in some ways that uh, she just stayed kind of focused on herself and that hurt. So her holding the grudge against me actually really affected me to at times hold grudges to her <laughs> and have some resentment because she wasn't showing me the love that she always showed me just because I decided to leave Detroit and spread my wings and have my life. So those of you that have grown up around grudges, it's modeling, right? We talked about that, you know, it's not what parents say, it's what parents do. And when there's modeling of grudges, it gets passed down. That's what we see of how to behave, how to avoid conflict and not talk issues through. Certainly not about apologies. Most people don't model apologies and say apologies or even teach their kids. They just say, say you're sorry. Tell your uncle you're sorry. And it's forced and coerced. It's not really taught of how to feel remorse and to communicate that to another person so it's a healing process for the grudge or resentment. But also, we humans, we're masters at resentment. You know, like other emotions, the capacity for hate and resentments are learned and reinforced over the course of our lives. They can get etched in the wiring of our DNA, and we're exposed to it all the time through media and movies and so forth. There's always stories and tales of humans holding grudges and resentments. And there's an interesting physiological process that's also involved in this system because it's likely facilitated by dopamine, a neurotransmitter that's linked to reward and reinforcement and positive feelings. So the system of the dopamine hit is very much in play when we're embroiled in a feud. We want to win. 
we want to lash out at somebody, we want to harm. So we're actually going towards a goal-seeking desire to satiate a craving. So it's also part of our physiological system that happens when we're holding a grudge and feeling resentments. So when we're having this this grudge, this feud with somebody, we're in this perpetual state of craving and desire. And the deep satisfaction comes from knowing that that person who harmed us, if we're holding the grudge, when they realize that they're wrong, that's what we want. We want them to realize that they're wrong. And because we're holding this grudge, we're punishing them. And that they're now going to change their ways because we're doing this and holding back our connection, our love, our attention. So those are the key sets of conditions that make revenge seems pleasurable and the sense that some kind of justice is going to be acted out. And as we all know, it is really bad for our health. In a article that I was reading, it's called Holding a Grudge is Bad for You. And here are the ways it can actually weigh you down and affect your health by Emma Kuto. And uh, I'm going to read you a little bit about some of the the studies because we, we, we do know this. We do know how it creates the high stress environment. In the article, it talked about a 2009 survey from the University of Georgia where they found that people who were more likely to hold grudges were also more likely to have a history of heart disease, high blood pressure, stomach ulcers, arthritis, back problems, headaches, and chronic pain. Though there was no leak found between grudges and other ailments such as cancer or stroke. And then there's a study from Hope College that measured facial muscle tension, sweating, heart rate, blood pressure, and researchers found that significantly higher stress responses from participants when they were asked to imagine holding a grudge against someone or seeking revenge than when they were asked to imagine having empathy with offenders or forgiving them. And then check this study out. This is interesting. In the study from Erasmus University, and this was published in the Social, Psychological, and Personality Science magazine or journal, uh, researchers asked participants to reflect either on a time when they had forgiven someone or a time they had not forgiven someone. Afterwards, subjects were asked to jump five times in the air as high as they could without bending their knees. And that's kind of strange, but I guess that makes it more of an even playing ground because if you bend your knees, some people will bend it more and jump higher. So no bending knees. And those who reflected on forgiveness jumped 30 centimeters on average and those who thought about holding a grudge only jumped 22 centimeters. So what does this mean? So holding grudges makes it as though something really were literally weighing you down. Right? We hear that expression, man, this is weighing me down. Man, this resentment is weighing me down or this stress. 
So this test literally shows that that kind of thought process around not forgiving, around holding resentments is literally weighing us down. So am I getting you down now (laughs) talking about all that? Well, there's things that we can definitely do about it to not weigh ourselves down. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit, but I want to tell you a little bit more about like the personality of somebody who's a, a grudge holder. So maybe you can recognize this in yourself or somebody else, or maybe your moon is just in Scorpio like me. But usually the kind of person that holds a grudge or has the personality hold a grudge, they, they're angry. You know, holding a grudge is, is typically associated with having anger issues where you can't seem to, for instance, stop yourself from reliving a bad feeling over and over. And then the resentment of the issue also over and over. There's also something that in psychology we call splitting, which involves seeing the world and people in it as either good or all bad. There's like no gray errors, no in-betweens. You know, you've heard expressions like, um, you're either with me or you're against me. You know, that's usually a person that's going to be a grudge holder. You see that. So seeing things for just black and white and good and bad. Also, another sign would be they have a lot of stress hormones of cortisol, you know, less oxytocin hormone, which is the nurturing or the love hormone. So holding on to a grudge creates a kind of feedback loop of the high stress. And so uh, somebody that's carrying around and holding a grudge, they have a high level of uh, the cortisol running through their body. Also, a telltale sign is around the identity that gives a wronged person a sense of let's say, definition and purpose through victimization. So it's tough to let that go because it means that you have to then have a new identity that is less defined of I'm a victim, I was wronged. So you may know somebody like this or, of course, that you might have those characteristics in yourself. Like I said, my family, I think, has... (laughs) A lot of that characteristics, I mean, my mom and her brother and sister throughout my whole life were on and off, not talking throughout my whole life. And they're also in a phase right now of doing the same thing. And that greatly affected me. So grudges greatly affect people Outside of just the interpersonal relationship, it greatly affects the people around them and family. Because for years, my mom or my aunt and uncle would talk to me about the resentment or the grudges that they had towards the others, and I would listen. And now my boundary is, I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear about it. They need to work it out themselves. They're in their 70s and almost 80. They need to work it out themselves. So I've learned to put up a better boundary around that. But it affects, it affects the people around us. So parents, be cognizant of that. When you're holding grudges and have that energy towards somebody, especially if it's in your family, I know sometimes that, uh, 
how do I want to say this, that it can't be that there's exceptions of somebody who has greatly, greatly wronged you. I think there's a difference between, again, holding the grudge or having a healthy boundary and saying, I'm no longer going to have that person in my life. So you don't hold on to the energy. It's holding on to the energy and the resentment and the depression that comes in and the heaviness or talking negatively about the person that really affects the other people around you. And of course, sometimes if you have cut somebody off, a family member, it definitely affects other people in the family. They may not get to see that person. They can't talk about that person. One of the biggest experiences of grudges growing up in my life was, I might have mentioned this on another podcast, when my parents were divorced and I was about 12, my dad held a huge grudge against my mom and my stepdad. Uh, My stepdad was kind of friends with my dad and mom, his ex-wife, they all kind of hung out when they were younger. So my father had a grudge and resentment that my stepdad and my mom got together and for almost over 15 years my father did not talk to my mom or my stepdad really avoided them I mean it came to the point where my dad would not drive up to my mom's driveway to drop me off or pick me up at my baseball games they would be sitting separately in the stands one on the first baseline and one on the third baseline It was ridiculous. They didn't sit together in graduations. And so that grudge greatly affected me and how the tension that I had and the stress that I had. And my father finally gave it up um, at my sister's wedding. I told that story in another podcast. It was one of the most beautiful moments of my life and inspiring how he did that with so much love. He just let it go for my sister's sake, for her happiness on her wedding day. But then my dad died within six months or a year after letting go of that grudge and was becoming friends again with my mom and stepdad. All those wasted years. It just that just what gets to me is the wasted years. So I know that a lot of you have that experience too of wasted time and wasted years. And as I told you before, how it plays havoc on our health. So it's really wasted in having healthy years in many ways. And one thing that my father lacked in some way, and my mom and and her brothers and sisters, and they lacked the communication skills, the conflict resolution and conflict transformational skills to be able to work through their resentments and their grudges. They lack confidence in their skills to effectively work through their negative emotions. I don't think they consciously had self-confidence issues, but they sure didn't have the confidence in their skills because they don't bring that to the party of working it through. And so that's many people hold their grudges because they are not good at doing communication well and moving through conflict well. That's what I see almost every day with my clients is when they do have that lack of communication skills and connection skills and working through conflict, 
there is a lot of resentment holding, a lot of quiet grudge holding that goes on. There is couples that I see that have held grudges for many, many, many years and never talked about it, never learned to apologize for it, never learned the challenge of forgiving each other and moving on and moving through the resentment. So you can listen to some of my other podcasts that I talk in depth about aspects of good communication, uh, like listening. Uh, the Art of Listening is a really good podcast talking about emotional intelligence and empathy, which plays a big part of how to stop holding grudges because it could be very, very harmful. It not only creates the bitterness in the relationship, but also it carries over to other aspects of people's lives and not just in that specific relationship. I see people that become very anxious or depressed because of holding on to grudges, obsession uh, with feeling wronged. And so there's this constant play of ruminization. People lose many nights of sleep going on and on, playing that scenario of how wronged they were. And they lose trust in others also. So if you're a recipient of somebody that's holding a grudge, there may not be a lot of things that you can do to really remedy it, but you can try. You can really take any accountability and responsibility and really apologize deeply if there was an infraction. And if you have a hard time doing that because you don't think that you did something wrong, you can show remorse or empathy for this person feeling wronged or feeling sad, uh, feeling angry, feeling resentful. You can acknowledge and validate their feelings. That can maybe go a long way for people. You know, you got to keep in mind, sometimes when people are holding on to grudges, they're holding on to sometimes they're at war with themselves or their past. So it may not just be all of the incident or the behavior of infraction between both of you. They may be carrying a shitload, a boatload of resentments that are similar from their past. So it may not always just to be about you. And to them, you might seem like an abusive person from their past maybe their parent for that matter. So there can be a lot of transference issues that are brought out to you that is why they're holding on to that grudge. So sometimes you might have to give space to somebody that's holding a grudge. And when it's your spouse or your partner, that's a real challenge. So sometimes that needs to be done for a brief amount of time, but too much space in partnership and holding on to that grudge in silence, it is not healthy at all. That's where I see it when I'm in my practice, how detrimental it is that our people are holding on and not able to take the risk and reach over to make that connection and try to remedy that through, again, validation, remorse, acknowledgement, just even letting the person vent and really hearing them out, not being defensive, not having a contemptuous attitude, not going back and criticizing for another infraction that the other person might have done you to prove a point. You don't want to do 
those things. And then, unfortunately, if you can't come to some type of uh, remedy or understanding, uh, you might just have to leave that relationship. You might have to just let it go. And that's a challenge to make up that decision for your own boundary. But it doesn't do anybody good living in the environment and the realm of deep-seated grudges and resentments. So I think that's one of the biggest things as human beings that we can really work on. I mean, look look what's going on in the world and the political system. And we have a president that really loves to hold his grudges and find revenge, you know, based on it being wronged. That's not the environment that uh, we all are capable of. We are capable of so much more. So this is a great work for us as human beings to really work on these aspects of letting go of grudges and resentments, the world would be a much better place. And we all know in our homes, it would be much, much more peaceful. So if you are the one that's holding a grudge, um, how to let go of it, man, it's easier said than done. That's for sure. If you have signs of resentment in your relationship, then it's really time to take a look at how you're dealing with the conflict. Are you communicating or holding things in? Do you listen or are you making assumptions? Are you at all trying to negotiate or compromise? Do you have empathy or an understanding for that person or the situation? Trying to put yourself in that person's position or experience or situation. You know, the act of forgiveness, that's the final one. And it is not always easy to forgive. If this is a new concept for people, let me just first remind you that forgiveness is not excusing the other person's actions. It doesn't mean that you don't have to feel sad or hurt or upset anymore. It doesn't mean that you don't have to work on the relationship, especially if you choose to stay in it. You have to work on it. And it isn't for the person that wronged you. Forgiveness is for you. That's the main thing that I think everybody kind of knows and really needs to know that forgiveness is a choice and it's a decision by us to move on, to let go. We let ourselves off the hook. When we forgive, it's really about us. We are letting go of the anger and resentment. So it's healthy for us. I'm learning more and more of that because I have a beautiful teacher. My wife is so good at forgiveness and letting go she always wants to give people the chance for that and she is really good at that and she's working her relationships right now with her family in the act of her process of forgiveness and to let go of any negative energy that she's holding at times and uh, yeah it's such an inspiration to be around a person that is really focused on that and does that well. So thank you, my love. I really appreciate the inspiration. So then with forgiveness, sometimes there's no need to talk to that person to forgive them. Forgiveness can be done all by yourself. You can say it out loud to yourself. You can write it in a letter and you don't have to send it. It's a process. You know, once you make the decision to forgive, you have to determine who and what needs to be forgiven. 
Do you need any kind of healing? Do you need someone to confide in to be able to tell your story and get it off your chest, some of the things so that you can make room for more of the positive flow and accept what has happened and who and what has hurt you? And again, you know, understanding that you are not excusing the person's behavior, but accepting the act itself and you're willing to move past this. So that's the biggest aspect of forgiveness is accepting the act and willing to move past this. So I know forgiveness for most people is one of the most challenging things that we can do as a human being. I know that this is, again, going to be more of my focus as a priority in my life because I don't want the weight. (laughs) I don't want the burden. So I wish anybody that is working on the process of forgiveness and letting go of grudges that you're holding, I wish you lots and lots of good vibes and lots of love in doing it. Because forgiving isn't the easiest thing to do, especially when we've endured a lot of hurt and pain. But it's the only way to truly let go and have peace. So, I wish you all a lot of peace. Mm -hmm. And while you're at it, make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by Oxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today, faster and easier. Try it for free at oxbus.com. That's A-U-X-B-U-S dot com. Oxbus.